0: Chapter 8. Sparkle Guy. Friday, December 9th, 2005. Calvin, the email began. The girl I nanny for, Grace, told me she wanted to tell the sparkle guy something. She calls you that because she said you had sparkles all around you when she saw you. Anyway, I had to email this to you. I wrote it just the way she said it so you could imagine her little voice. Here it is. Seeing Elizabeth's name in his email have yet to lead the disappointment. Even in the midst of another busy day at work, Calvin continued reading her message, intrigued. Well, you know it's cold where you are sometimes? Well, that girl, she says you can keep her warm. It was cold where she was, and she can't, you know, get warm always. Elizabeth, is he going to be mad at me for saying this stuff? It's embarrassing. Puzzled. Calvin sat for a moment, rereading that message. Then another email popped into the inbox. He quickly opened it. Cal, I didn't know Grace was like this. I'm dumbfounded. I'm guessing that when she met you, there was a connection formed, and Ellis was able to send what she needed to say. Here's more exactly as she said it. You know, I have something else to tell you. It's special because, well, I'm really embarrassed. But that girl had a baby in her tummy, you know. And something else. She's trying to talk to you, you know. Listen to me because I can tell you what she wants to say right now. She says that she doesn't... Well, she doesn't really know the man in the park. She can't tell me about the park, well, because I'm a kiddo. She was a runner girl. And she was running because Paul and her had a fight. And the next thing she knows, she can't breathe so very good. And then it went dark. She says it didn't hurt. She must be thinking about her legs from running because that's all I can guess. She says you can't find the man in the park. You're not supposed to. But she can rest now, because you're going to help more people in this life. She says you heard her whisper that day, and to be careful, because it's a real thing. And one more thing. She kind of, sort of wants to know if she can protect that little girl who lives with you. She misses her little girl. Calvin was absolutely and totally, in Elizabeth's words, dumbstruck. He couldn't even formulate an answer for Elizabeth on those emails right away. He printed them, folded up the papers, and put them in his pocket. He logged off the computer and stood up to leave, grabbing his jacket and quickly making his way out the door. He was in such a haze that he barely even registered the drive to pick up Sterling and Hannah, his kids. Upon arriving at Donna's house, their daycare lady, both kids were happy and ready to come home, They happily bounced out the door and ambled to the car. The house felt dark and empty upon arrival. Calvin flipped on a couple of lamps and hit the switch to ignite the home's gas fireplace, hoping to bring some light into the cold home. A warm glow on the porch from the hanging pendant light welcomed Lisa home shortly after. Calvin hoped it was enough light to counteract the news at the emails. Hey, he said, greeting her as she came in the garage door with an armful of mail. Mummy, Sterling cried. Mommy, Hannah replicated in her sweet 18-month-old voice. Hi, my babies, Lisa said with a smile as she crouched down to child height, still on the doorway from the laundry room which connected the great room to the garage. Hey, Cal, Lisa said. How was your day? Ah, uh, you know, it went well, he said. A little weird, though, actually. I have something to show you. What is it? He retrieved the printed emails from his pocket and headed back to the granite-slathered kitchen island where they had gathered to talk. This is an email that I got today at work. Just read it, he said. Lisa reached out her hand to take the papers. Calvin noticed that her hand shook ever so slightly as she read. She finished, looked up, and said, Wow, in a barely audible whisper. I know, Calvin replied. You know... Elizabeth could have just written all this, Lisa said in her defiant tone. Seriously? This is the first time I've ever even slightly believed anything like this and you won't support me? And support this woman trying to swoop in on my husband? Even if it's true, it says you don't have to find her killer, right? Doesn't look like it. So you're going to believe that. For some reason, this dead girl had to get you and Elizabeth together. Grace even says that Ellis can rest because you're going to help more people in this life. What exactly do you think that means? I don't know. This is all just so crazy. How am I supposed to help people? And why did she lead me to Elizabeth? It seems weird, he said as he shook his head slowly, still trying to digest it all as much as Lisa was trying to accept it. To Calvin, it seemed as though he and Elizabeth needed to be in contact with each other for reasons still unknown. Maybe she could help him to realize the full potential of his abilities and put them to good use. Maybe he could help people by answering the seemingly unanswerable questions from beyond the grave. As soon as he even had that thought, he pushed it away as absurd. After all, before any of these communications with Ellis, he didn't even believe there was anything beyond the grave. Calvin was a pretty hardcore atheist. (laughs) He'd been baptized Catholic, but certainly wouldn't have had he had any choice in the matter. He spent the majority of his 28 years feeling like he'd burst into flames even just passing a church. On the rare occasion that he had to enter one, his blood boiled with anger and complete disbelief that anyone believed the stories told inside those walls. Since he was a child, he believed that organized religion was a brainwashing, fear-based propaganda machine that only served to comfort the weak. Choosing not to believe eventually took away Calvin's fear of the dark and gave him many nights of peaceful sleep. His refusal to attend church put an end to Lisa's semi-regular attendance, even though she'd never doubted the existence of God. They even debated the topic, but sat on opposite sides of the religious fence. Before meeting Elizabeth... The occurrence with Pitchfork Man and the mysterious orbs in his basement bedroom were not enough to convince him that anything existed beyond the tangible world. Although he remembered each event in detail, he fully believed that it was something that science would one day be able to explain. This time, though, there was too much going on. There were too many coincidences to foster his denial, and it began to change the entire relativity of his world. was no longer in denial but had moved to a state of shock. Calvin! Lisa's voice broke him out of his reverie. Sorry I was just thinking about all this he said slowly. It's just so much to digest. It's seriously turned things upside down for me. I guess we'll just have to take this a day at a time and see where it leads. I think there seems to be a purpose that we don't know about yet and I don't think that we are at the point of figuring that out. It's just something that will probably play itself out. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Either that or you're going batshit crazy. Cal wondered how much more of this she could take before labeling him as a mental patient freak. He needed a second opinion. He called his parents, the people who never once judged him for the spiritual things that happened in the basement as a child. After the kids and his wife went to bed, Rick and Kelly Janik knocked softly on the front door. His mom sat on the floor next to the armchair where his dad had settled. They both had concerned looks on their faces, wondering why their son would ask them to come over so late in the evening. "'Well, I guess I'll just get right to it,' he said nervously. He knew his parents would not question him, but the thought of talking about the events made him feel like maybe it was all nothing more than a series of coincidences. He was especially nervous about his dad's reaction, as they'd always shared views on religion in the afterlife. Regardless, he kept talking.' Okay, you know how when I was a kid, I'd tell you about the orbs of light I'd see and the other crazy stuff that would happen to me? Mom, remember telling me to look for the light before I'd go to sleep so I wouldn't be afraid? And when I told you about seeing the man with the pitchfork? His parents both nodded. Well, apparently that was all real. And the spirits are back. Kind of with a vengeance, actually. He proceeded to tell them everything. From the night he met Elizabeth to the connection to Ellis. He handed them the facts and the printed emails from Elizabeth. Dad wiped away a tear as he finished reading and uttered a barely audible, wow. Mom smiled at him with watery eyes. So that's all the information I have right now. I don't know why any of this is happening, but I wanted to tell you, he said. You trust her, this Elizabeth? Dad said, his skepticism beginning to show through, I think so, Dad. This is just too big of a coincidence to be faked. And really, why would a stranger go through all this just to pull a hoax on me? That doesn't make any sense. Dad nodded. Mom smiled. Just be careful, Calvin, and stay in the light, okay? I've always known you were special, Mom said. Mom often talked about the light and her spiritual side, which Calvin wrote off as new-age freako shit. This time, he just smiled and nodded. Well, I have to work tomorrow, said his dad, as he looked at his watch. We better get going. Keep us updated. I'm proud of you, and I believe you. Thanks, Dad. That means a lot. I love you. Thanks for coming up tonight, he said. Just before Calvin crawled into bed, Sterling's frightened voice broke the silence. Daddy? Mommy? Daddy? Calvin rushed to his son. Tears streamed down Sterling's face. He looked terrified. Oh, bud, what is it? He worriedly inquired as he scooped the child into his arms. The man, the man with the sharp blue teeth, he cried. Oh, kiddo, it's just a bad dream. There is no man with blue teeth here. He tried to be comforting, yet at the same time his room felt uncomfortably cold. Calvin knew this had to be more than a bad dream. He was here, the hands, they were tickling my back again, he said, his tiny voice quivering. Calvin kissed his head and held him tight to his heart, attempting to fill his son with love. Eventually, he settled down and laid his head back on his pillow, without a pillowcase. Exhausted, his breathing soon became deeper and rhythmic. As Calvin stood to leave, he saw Lisa had been standing in the doorway, watching them silently. Calvin closed the door behind him, and his wife said, I just don't know what to do about these nightmares, Cal. It stresses them out, and they are always the same. Those hands and the man with the blue teeth. It gives me the creeps. Just bad dreams, I'm sure, Calvin lied. Let's go to bed.